Real Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Old now and voice your opinion. 0808 if you were two days away from the start of the league season and you had two hours to talk Scottish football, who would you want alongside you? Maybe ideally with a pint or similar in your hand. Well, we can't quite stretch that far, but we do have Kenny Miller and John Hartson to get you limbered up for the big kickoff. It is the return of Big Bad John. How are you, John? I'm very well, Rob. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. And are you excited about the off? Two days away from uh, the yeah. start of the season, obviously, and three days away from your old team uh, opening the defence of the title. Yes, I am. Um, I, I think this uh, it's going to be an exciting season. Uh, for me, it, it's, it's going to be another another challenge, I think, for Celtic and Rangers to, to topple the league. Um, at this moment in time, I think both clubs have done some really good work in the, in the window, the transfer window. Um, and it's going to be close at, at this moment in time for me it's a toss of a coin I, I make it that you know that close um, and it's whoever can just maybe steal a march and maybe one or two teams might have a barren spell I think September the 3rd might give us a little bit bit of a gauge in terms of where both clubs are when, when Rangers go and play Celtic for the for the first derby of the season um, and that might just tell us something in terms of you know who who looks the better, who've settled the better. Obviously, two, three, four games before that game's up in before that game comes. But at this moment in time, very much looking forward to it, looking forward to the challenge. And um, as I said, it it could go either way for me right now. Quite often, Kenny, the the winter break has had a big say in who goes on to win the title. This time, of course, this season, we've got the break from mid November to mid December for the World Cup. Uh, do you think who comes roaring out of that break? Uh, might well land the, the title could that be crucial? Well it's very early isn't it in the season it's not the, the, the traditional kind of mid-season break but it's one thing for sure for Rangers point of view they will need to come out of that break better than what they have done three out of the four uh, winter breaks that's for sure but it's like John says it is the teams are so evenly matched at the moment that it is, it's very very hard to predict with any real confidence so it's uh, yeah I'm buzzing for the for the opening weekend mean some big fixtures there's a lot of responses needed I think at the start of the season for big clubs within the country Aberdeen's and Hibs need to respond in kind after a really poor season so and obviously you're always going to have a, a real tight uh, title race between the two big big guns in the league so yeah really looking forward to this weekend uh, can't wait It's Glasgow's own with Kenny Miller John Hartson and Rob McLean Thursday's Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors 0808 17 17 700 Go and your message to 874 74 on the text on the socials at Go Football Show and right at the top of this show we have Dylan in Kirkintilla Hi Dylan Hi, how are you? Very Dylan Very well, thanks I know that uh, immediately Dylan you want to fire a question at John Hartson Hi John. Um, Hi John. What is your best experience you've ever um, experienced at Celtic Park? What's the best atmosphere you've ever experienced? I think <laughs> that's a tough question, mate. Because I think there's so many. You know, there are so many. Uh, I think. I think the Champions League, you know, nights and under the lights. Obviously, Celtic have them again this season. Um, to look forward to, you know, the big the, the, the giants of Europe coming to Celtic Park. 
Um, the atmosphere is absolutely breathtaking um, under the lights yeah. at, at, in, in the east end of Glasgow. So when you can go and beat them as well, you know, nobody really gives you a chance. But like we've shown, particularly under Martin O'Neill era, that we, we beat all comers, the Juventuses, the, the AC Milans, the, you know, the, the, the top clubs in Europe, the Portos, the Shakhtar Donetsk, so all these clubs, Barcelona's. Um, and also, personally for me, whenever you can do the business against your big rivals, Rangers, you know, I, I managed to score a few goals at Celtic Park and to win that particular game. I remember watching Kenny doing similar alongside me here, Kenny Miller. Um, and I think when, when you're the player that separates the two teams on the day, um, that's huge because as we know, these you know the Celtic Rangers games they're shown all over the world they really are Celtic clubs Rangers clubs massive global support so w- when you can be the hero when you can come out scoring the winning goal um, in these particular games then then obviously there's nothing better uh, from a personal point of view and the atmosphere so it, it's tough to say what particular one game um because, you know, there's been so many. Do you know if you can understand that? And Can you understand that answer? Yeah, there have been. And obviously, your goals have been a lot better than Kenny Miller's and <laughs> to win the games. Can I ask you, who's, who's, what's your favourite? Atmosphere. Yeah, well, what what games have do any spring to your mind that, that you come away thinking, wow, how, how good was that? Well, well, I'd probably say the game against Rangers on the 2nd of February was definitely a big game because it was like the first game for me as well and, and the, under the lights it was massive to win it as well it was it was beautiful atmosphere it was a great game as well Was so, that your first experience Dylan of under the lights? Uh, under the lights for a derby yeah, yeah. it was and it was, yeah, it was uh, and it was a, a dramatic night wasn't it? Do, do, you, yeah, have a, do you have a do you, do you have a I don't know how old are you Dylan? Uh, I'm 13. Ah, right, okay. So, but, but you've presumably poured over uh, videotapes of, of, <laughs> of, of John since you, you obviously weren't around uh, in his heyday. Sorry? Have you, you've, you've, you've seen John in video, even if you haven't seen him in the flesh? Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you've watched him many I think, times. I think I had a little bit of hair back then as well, Dylan. Just, just a little bit, that little bit of the front that you used to have, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah, that that was a great win. I think last season when um, I think Celtic had it wrapped up, didn't they? Before half time, three 0 up, Hatati okay. scored two, and I think that that was when it all came together. I, I think Kenny will tell you sometimes in games, everything you do, every shot that that you attempt goes in. Um, you know, you, you just have that feeling once you go one goal up, then you you get really confident in the game. It knocks the wind out of the opposition, and that you that, just feel that, like yeah. Go on, sorry. You feel like uh, you're just they're not going to come back. You're just going to keep doing well. Yeah, I just think it, it was it was a little turning point as well. I thought. Um, because Rangers were were blown away that night. Listen, in the last couple of seasons, Rangers have blown Celtic away as well. But um, that particular night, I did the game with John Collins. We were up working for Celtic TV. We both yeah. came away and we thought and it could have been four or five. Yeah. It really could yeah. have. Um, and I, I, I do think, I'm not sure whether Rangers or the supporters actually thought that Celtic were capable of that type of win and performances. Because mm-hmm. Rangers were very uh, dominating last season. 
But that that yeah. game in particular was very special. It really, really was that three 0 win last season. I think it made it made a little bit of a difference in terms of the confidence it gives Celtic to go on and and, re- yeah. and get the title back from there. Dylan, how, yeah. how are you feeling about the season about to start for Celtic on Sunday? Are, are you feeling confident that they'll defend their crown? Uh, yeah, well, I, I feel confident and I hope they will as well because, uh, like, as Ange says, we never stop, so you just mm. hope you can live up to the term and you don't, you don't stop. Good to have you on the show. Enjoy the season. Bye, Dylan. Cheers, Dylan. Thanks for your call. Right at the start of the Go Radio Football Show. What about you, Kenny? An old firm atmosphere. Is there there one game that, I mean, they're all pretty noisy affairs. Is there one above all else that you, when you think back? Well, I think, like John says, the the old firm atmosphere in general is just incredible. The noise, uh, first whistle, is just sensational. You know, it's an incredible game to play in. And you see, when you go into it and you're you have good times in it and you win the games it's uh, it's an incredible feeling one one that does kind of stick out for me was 2008-9 season where it was after the split and Celtic were a, I think they were four or five points maybe ahead of us and in that game it was it was a make or break game for us we needed to win uh, to have any hope of winning the league and we got, got over the line that day we won 1-0 it was a Steve Davis goal that game was sensational and again more to do scoring in the last minute to that pretty much sealed the league for us the following year that game was incredible to get a goal that late in, a, in an old firm game and again I never managed to get the goal but I was rooted to the spot when Moy did <laughs> score I was just waiting for Boyd to put it in and then more eventually got it over the line so those two games were, were outstanding games because they played a big big part in us going on to win the leagues that year Did you always thrive on the atmosphere? Did it ever scare you? Did, did, did it ever was it ever scary? Was your first experience of it in any way scary? Maybe the first yep maybe the first one it was uh, I mean actually the, the when I signed for Rangers in 2000 I missed the first old firm game of the season uh, I picked up an injury I went over in my ankle the day before the game uh, and that turned out to be the 6-2 that you would maybe been playing in that game John were you was that just uh, maybe a bit before you with the season before yeah, maybe? I, I, I left in 2006 yeah. so that was just was 2000-2001 so I think right. maybe had, you maybe just came after it but it was mm-hmm. 6-2 and I missed it but my first one was the 5-1 the return yeah, game yeah, right. that I broke so mm-hmm. yeah maybe a bit nervous and Maybe a wee bit scared going into that game, but when after that, no, I was absolutely buzzing for every time the old firm game came around. What about your first sampling of it, John? Can you remember that your first old firm? Yeah, it was um, it was intimidating. It really was. Um, the atmosphere sort of can um, sort of blow you away. You can get carried away with what's going on around you rather than concentrating on your touch and you know. Um, being that focal point which I had to do when my headers get the team up the pitch get on the end of crosses just just build the play up really that was my game um, and uh, you know I played in big games prior to that I played in the North London derby mm. Arsenal Spurs but I can honestly say it, it doesn't come anywhere near uh, the you know the old firm game as they say um, so for me it was uh it was electrifying and it can it can get to you uh, and I think sometimes you're waiting for your first goal you're waiting to make a bit of an impact in the game I, I came for £6 million as a big money signing from down south um, so I had to step up I had to step up and, and eventually then when 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 the good players around me the, the Thompsons and, and the Larsons and the Suttons and Petrovs they make you a goal 
they do something special to help you along to settle in, then then that's a great feeling. But I, I listen, like I'd be lying if I said it, it was a doddle and you you just cruise through the games because it really doesn't happen. This game, you know, this game would um, would make anybody have nerves. I mean the top top players, but they're good nerves. You know, mm. the bit of anxiety, nerves. You want you want to get out there, and of course, it's so important to win these games because they're for the supporters. Mm. That's what they're for. It's for the bragging rights for the next three or four months till the next one comes along. It's about the guys that work on the building site, the people that work in the offices, you know, all, mm. all week um, doing their respective jobs. And that's the bragging. Can you go in Monday morning and say, ah, look, we, we did this, we did that. We're going to win this, we're going to win that. Mm. But, you know, sometimes you, you can play, you can play Rangers six or seven times in one season you can play them in cups you can play them in cup replays cup finals yeah. you know and obviously four times in the league so uh, you're, either, you're either bragging about it or you're, or you're going into hiding for a few yeah, months you're not going anywhere if you're, if you're on the other <laughs> you side you don't go out the door by yeah. the way heads under the pillow you yeah. don't want to go out yeah. Brendan Rogers knows all about the, the old firm atmosphere the Celtic Rangers atmosphere Kenny and you've been watching him in action the last couple of days I was yeah I went down for a little club visit uh, it was kind enough to let me go on and watch training for the the couple of days Tuesday and Wednesday so it was a I mean, brilliant experience I mean what a facility they've got uh, top top manager uh, really really good coaches and people about I mean even touching on the atmosphere of the old firm game Colo Turi obviously works yeah. uh, with uh, with Brendan as one of his coaches and he brought him up to here as a, as a player uh, I think then transitioned him into his part of his coaching staff and he was actually talking about it down there Spain, obviously he's played in North London mm. he's played in the in the Merseyside derby as well but he said the same thing that the Glasgow derby that he, that he played in a number of times when he was up was it was just out of this world you know so yeah had a really good couple of days down there brilliant to get in and see a top manager top coaches and, and really top top players at work you know so it was uh, used as part of the pro licence uh, I've had a few club visits now since I came back for Australia last year so this was another one of them but yeah absolutely amazing to get down there and watch some top people at work You've got a great start about Leicester and we'll come back to that in a little bit uh, in terms of uh, transfer business or <laughs> the other side of the coin but let's talk to Gary uh, from the Gorbals. Uh good to have you on the show Gary how are you? How are you doing Rob how are you doing guys glad to have you back full time uh, thanks a lot. And um, what, what would you like to say, Gary? How are you feeling about the the new season? Yeah, just obviously uh, buzzing after you know chance to retain our title, um, and obviously hopefully hopefully add another cup and that double from last season. Um, I'm actually delighted there's um, two of my favourite Celtic strikers on the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Gary. Happy with that, Kenny? <laughs> yeah, so that's in your, yeah, leave yourself open for that, don't you? <laughs> No, actually, I genuinely been see. I mean, I don't know how well this will go down my Celtic page, but I thought um, Kenny, I thought especially yourself was. I thought you kind of you could have been more prolific had you stayed at the club. Um, I mean, I don't know the reasoning behind you, yourself leaving, but um, I, I genuinely really did enjoy you at the cl- at the club kind of thing. I appreciate it, Gary. Thanks very much. Why did you leave, Kenny? Well, I wasn't really getting a game. We had signed a, a, lot, a lot of strikers at that moment. Uh, I think uh, Magic's still there obviously Venegar of Heslink had came in the year before Scotty Mack had just been signed as well uh, Chris Killen had been signed right. so it's one of them and I've talked about this many a time that when an opportunity came up to, to go down to England with, with Billy Davis 
who was a wonderful coach uh, and manager. Really, really enjoyed the, the short spell, to be honest, that I had working with him. He was excellent. And But I was still debating because I knew it would be a tough season going down a team that's just been promoted. So it was uh, I was still debating whether it was the right thing to do or not. But when you speak to a football club and the kind of answers are, well, if you stay, you stay. We're quite happy if you stay. But if you want to go also, then we're quite happy. The ball's in your court. It doesn't really make you feel that wanted, you know. So it was, uh, yeah, I thought, OK, fair enough. I'll uh, I'll go my merry way and try, try my hand down the derby and go and work for a manager who did want me to go and play, you know. So it was, uh, that, that, that was it. I mean, it was a tough decision because I knew... And I, the reasons I went to Celtic at the first thing was to win you know mm. I, I wanted to play part in a winning squad I wanted to have success I, I had sampled the, the Champions League when I first went to Rangers as a young boy and it gave me a real hunger for it only I had one appearance in it uh, and that season Celtic were straight into the Champions League I think it was Barcelona-Arsenal was the Champions League final had Barcelona won uh, it made Celtic straight into the group stages so that was another a real opportunity to have that so it was uh, no that, I ticked all the boxes for what I wanted to be as a, as a player you know like I said playing for trophies competing for leagues and an opportunity to test yourself against the best so that's why I went so leaving was was tough you know mm-hmm. but uh, it was an opportunity to, to go and like I said I never really felt that was going to be really, really prominent, or a, or a, or at least given a fair crack of the whip to to, to really nail a, a place down. Because I started, uh, I started on the bench. Then I found myself in the team. Then I was out the team after scoring a few goals. Uh, and again, just to touch on Gary's point, they actually got three goals in about ninety minutes of football that the start of that season. Yeah. So I'd actually started off in goal scoring terms a lot better than what I had done the season before. But I've always said is I think only I think only scored eight goals that year for Celtic which was really really poor because I did play a lot of football but obviously it's not about me and individual stuff it's about being successful and the team won the league uh, won the Scottish Cup and got to the last 16 of the Champions League so it was a it was a successful season and that's why that's why I went but yeah the opportunity came up and like I said I never really felt particularly valued at that point with the club that I was going to get the game time that I, I knew if I wasn't getting a, a, the game time that I felt I probably deserved I knew I would be really, really unhappy so ultimately that was it Gary are you okay to stick around for a couple of minutes we're going to take a break yeah. um, and then we'll come back to you and John and Kenny after this. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Find your nearest dealership at macklinmotors.com. Let's go, go, go. Let's go. You probably heard John Hartson speaking in the background there. He just doesn't stop even during the breaks. Uh, we have to sort of just calm him down and uh, prepare him. Keep for... asking the questions, Rob. Well, I'll answer them. Aye, well, exactly. Um, it's John Hartson, it's Kenny Miller, it's Rob McLean, the Go Radio Football Show, Glasgow's own, of course. Uh, we are in the, the heart of the Gorbals, broadcasting to you. Uh, and Gary is uh, from just around the corner, really. He's uh, he's one of the team, one of the family, and he's on the line right now. He's heard from him briefly before the break and he's still with us now and Gary what are you thinking about the transfer business that's gone down for Celtic and Rangers in the last few weeks um, who's ahead I think to be honest I think the business that, that Michael Nicholson's done I think he deserves a, a massive amount of credit you know firstly bringing in uh, firstly uh, securing sorry uh, Carter Vickers and Jota on a permanent um, obviously Maida everybody forgets about Dyson mm. Maida was, was a loan deal I know that was all, always going to be a permanent kind of thing I don't think there's any worries about that um, and he reckons he's going to be quicker after a, he reckons he's going to be a bit <laughs> sharper and quicker after a pre-season which is scary 
I'm, I'm not I'm not too sure how much faster he can he can run to be fair, but um, you know I think he was one of the stars of the show last year. Getting Benji Segrist on a free is an absolute steal for Dundee United. He you know he kept us out so many times last season for Dundee United, um, and obviously I don't know much about the 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 new boy Moritz Jens at the back. You know um, I know he picked up an ox, so hopefully it's not too serious. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of Aaron Boy will be a kind of bit part player. I think with that congested midfield. Yeah, there's a fair bit of competition, John, going on, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And it'd be really interesting to see <clears throat> what, what Ange goes with in terms of his starting um, 11. You know, he has got um, options now from the bench, the likes of Moy, um, the likes of James Forrest, you know, uh, one or two others in the middle of the park. Iniguchi's got a knock, hasn't he, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um so that's a, a bit a bit of uh, a blow for him because he was looking to get back in and uh, play more games this year. Idiguchi. Um So yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I think it'll be, um, you know, I, I think it'll be Welsh and Carter Vickers that will. I'm not too sure whether uh, Moritz Jens, not quite knowing what he can do um, mm. at this sort of club and the atmosphere. Maybe they've seen videos of him from his previous club, Lorient, you know. Mm. Um, But I think he's partnered um, Carter Vickers and Welsh quite a few times in pre-season. Almost played every game together. Uh, They've made some changes then at half-time. But that that could be a reason he knew Starfelt was out. Mm. For me, I'm, I'm just sort of thinking... Outside the box, maybe that 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 that's why he did it, just to get them, you know, build up that little bit of partnership, which you need more than any other position on the pitch. You need your two centre halves mm. in sync. You need them both having that little bit of an understanding for each other's games. Um, and and yeah, the, there's been a bit of chat about uh, Stephen Walsh leaving as well, hasn't there? There's two, was it Toulouse, Kenny, who were mentioned as as possible, his, maybe his next destination? Has been mentioned. I've heard that a few times to be yeah. honest. So again, it's. That would be. I would surprise me the timing of that, based on obviously what John just says. If you've played the, the majority of the, of the pre-season games in a partnership with Carter Vickers, you would expect him to probably start on Sunday mm. as well. So I would be surprising if he was to go anytime soon. Definitely with injury to Carl Stalfert because those two last year were were rocks at the back of, at the Celtic defence albeit a lot was talked about the back line of Celtics last year maybe being a little bit weak but it was a, they had a fantastic season and they've clearly built up a decent a decent partnership there so yeah it makes sense with, with, with Welsh kind of partnering Carter Vickers over pre-season that you'll probably get the nod on Sunday and maybe just giving Jens a little bit more time to settle into the football club before maybe he comes into the starting lineup. Does that concern you Gary um, Welsh and, and Carter Vickers or are you happy with that? No, I think, you know, Welsh uh, Welsh has grown as a player. I, I wasn't too sure of them at the start, do you know what I mean? I thought maybe he needed to go out and loan and, and things like that, the way um, like some players like Ryan Christie did before. But I think, to be honest, I think he's, he's probably made that kind of slot his own. Um, so I, I wouldn't have any worries, especially on Sunday, about, about him. I know Aberdeen are going to be a different animal this season. I know they had a really poor season last season, but I think they're going to be a different animal from what I've seen of them. So far this season, but I think in terms of Sunday, I think you know Sunday should take care of itself. In terms, of, I think we'll come out of the traps, and I think we, we should win comfortably. But no, no, it's it's just more in terms of obviously. I think once we get Starfield back fit, I think that's going to be the the partnership. It's maybe going to be either him and Carter Vickers or maybe him and and uh, Jens. So not too sure, but at least there's you know there's competition out the at the at central partnership kind of thing. I think I think I think um, 
it's the middle of the park for me. It's that because Ange won't change his formation. He's he's very stuck on that four three three because that's a system he knows. That's a system of won him the title last season, um, and. I don't think he's very stubborn in, with regards to that in a good way, because um, who, who can ask any question, particularly in the in the, in the um, Scottish Premiership where, where they won the league back. But it's that middle of the park. I, I, I really think, you know, I think McGregor starts uh, alongside Hat, um, uh, O'Reilly, Matt O'Reilly, and then do you go Hitati, or do you go with that goal threat you've got in Turnbull, because Turnbull. He always seems to get you a goal. You know, he he's a goal scoring midfielder. He he plays he plays for the numbers. He wants to get his goal ratio up. He's the one who always looks to get shots away on the edge. Not not saying that Hatati Hatati is not a good forward thinking player either, and he likes to get goals. Scored a great goal in the uh, the Boric mm. um, game the other night when he when he yeah. got onto and he volleyed it mm. past uh, past Arta. So it's the middle of the park for me. Where does Aaron Moy come in? Um, does he come in, D- Kenny? Does does Aaron Moy get into that starting eleven? I mean, Ange obviously knows all about him. I, I think with, with, with Moy, I mean, whether he plays or not, because there is a lot of options in there. I mean, you go through them, there's there's so many. Uh, and again, they're even linked with another uh, midfielder to come in as well. So it's, uh, there is real competition there. What what I would say about Aaron Moy is that I think the experience that he's got and the, and the, the stage that his career is at, I think he could play pretty well in, alongside Callum McGregor, uh, which might even free McGregor up a little bit. I know Moy's been maybe a little bit more further up the field mm-hmm. in, in his career, but being the player that he is now going into his 30s he could maybe play a little bit more disciplined and use that experience to maybe even allow or not all the time but to allow McGregor to be a little bit freer because Callum McGregor he's, he's had to be that number 6 last year and he's done it really really well but for me he's better as a number 8 you know he's better going forward than taking part in the game because he can get a goal I think he can definitely create a goal as well so I think if he was to play alongside there or they sign someone else who can do that job which maybe allows Callum to go a little bit freer but I would say Moy he's been signed I mean I don't think you sign him or you don't come to a club like like Celtic as as an Aaron Moy who's been a a Premier League footballer just coming to expect just to sit and watch you know I'm sure he'll have big thoughts of coming and playing and really making an impact on the starting lineup. What's your midfield three Gary do you think uh, when Celtic are strongest in terms of what they've got at the moment? Yeah, well, I think in terms of Rio Hitati, obviously, is another player. I know he was suffering with fatigue last season, towards the end of last season. Um, I think he's going to be a starter alongside Callum. Um, I think, you know, a bad, a Jota and Turnbull. I think Turnbull's going to be the player to really shine for us in that midfield this season. I know he'll probably rotate with O'Reilly, um, but I think Turnbull, for me, is the one I'm really looking forward to, to kind of seeing what he can bring, because he's, he, he's always kind of shown me glimpses and obviously injury prone and things that hasn't helped but I think he's going to be the one in that midfield that's, that's really going to turn on when he starts again I think there's a feeling as well about Turnbull John that he'll be making up for wanting to make up for lost time because he was out so long injured last season um, and maybe there's a freshness about him definitely definitely Rob and uh, he thinks goals he ain't going to go and he, he'll track back so far but he's not he's not one of your midfield players where you go you'll see him back in his own box too often because he wants to play off the front. He wants to get it. He wants to play wide. When the ball comes, he's like a Frank Lampard type of player. He will always gamble to go and get in the end of a cross. Turnbull, that's his game. Um, and and for me, you know, it, it's a case of Matt O'Reilly. 
Matt O'Reilly, what what, mm. a silk, what a player. I mean, there's been a buzz about him in the summer, what, hasn't what there? there, there there's been, there's been talk of a, a move even after just one season at Celtic. But his passing, his passing is exquisite. Yeah. His weight to pass, the appreciation of his pass to his teammates, technically excellent. Mm. Not the quickest um, in terms of, but talking about somebody who's got a lot of guile, you know, on the ball. Uh, always chooses the right ball as well. Lo- always looks, takes it on the, on the on his back foot. Looks as if he's got so much time on the ball. Mm. He's a wonderful footballer to to watch when he when he's watching the games. Are you making tea there, Gary? By the sounds of it, are you starting to get the, pla- just, the plates just, in order? I was just about to start making my, making my dinner. What, what is, tell what's on the menu? Uh, steak and chips. Steak and chips. Lovely. You can't <laughs> beat it, can you? Lovely. I've, I've uh, no onion rings. You know what? Just just to touch on, I know you were talking about atmospheres in the Glasgow Derby yeah. kind of thing. I've got to I've got to firstly thank John because um, my very first uh, old firm derby as it was, um, he scored the winning goal at Celtic Park and he chested it down and smashed it past the keeper. I think it may have been Big Sutton that that knocked it down. To him. Oh, I'm um, not giving him any credit for that goal. No, <laughs> yeah, he loved all that. He loved that. He, he got the knockdown. I remember the goal that was. Um, I think Kloss was in goals. It was Amoruso and Craig Moore and Chris Sutty pulled off, uh, pulled away, uh, and Tomo played the diagonal. And Chris got above both both uh, defenders and nodded it down into my path. He made made the finish easy for me, really. But uh, I think Mark Hughes was there that day as well, and he did the he did the raffle at half time. Sparky, my Wales mm. manager, he'd come up to see the game, and. Um, uh, he did the uh, the raffle that they've got half time. So it's nice to do it in front of you know one of my uh, one of my icons, Mark mm. Hughes. What a player Sparky was! Is the front three, Gary, this season obvious for Celtic? Yeah, I think so. When you look at, I mean, I think there's there's more to come from Abada. Um, I know he had he had a great first season in terms of his goals and his his assists, and actually actually quite like him. I know he played as a, through the middle against St Johnson. I think it was in Boxing Day at McDermott Park because obviously we were. They're short at a strikers at that time, but I think there's there's much more to come from him. I think Jota is just a dream. Jota is an absolute joy to watch, um, and to get him for six and a half million is an absolute bargain as well in this in this day and age kind of thing. But yeah, I think like the, um, Jota and Abada out wide, and, mm-hmm. and you could probably switch Kyogo and, and Big Jackie Marcus to be honest. Just rotate them when and if you need. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you go for Kyogo in, in between. Um... Abada, Jota, Maida, whatever. You're, you're counting out Yakimakis, who was the Premiership's top go- joint top goalscorer last season. Also, the one that comes to my mind, who's going to be battering on that door to get in the team this season, is James Forrest. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I've got it. I've got Signed it. I've got it round down here. Well. I've got it round down here for like potential. Whether it be if it's four two three one four three three, if you're looking at O'Reilly or Turnbull being in behind a striker. And you've got whether it be Jota, you've got Abada, you've got Forrest, you've got Maeda, you've got Johnson, who's coming back to fitness. I'm sure again he's another player. Is he going to get near it? Well, this is the thing: is how has he done pre-season? Is he fit? Has, has he got back because he burst onto the scene as a young player? He had all the ability and all the potential in the world to go and affect that starting lineup, and it's kind of stalled a little bit. But he's still at Celtic. He's in the building, and I'm sure he'll try and want to impact the, the squad as much as he possibly can. So there's so many options in there for Celtic. I don't, I don't think line. we can. Uh, I don't think we can um, discount the, the way that Jackamack has finished the season last year. He stepped up. He stepped up. It was almost as if never forgot about Kyogo, but when he got injured, Kyogo. His timing was perfect. Well, Jack and Marcus stepped in. He got hat tricks. I think he got over 15 goals. 
he got late winners. <clears throat> he was he was brave. He scored headers, overhead kicks. He just showed that he's got mm-hmm. great technique, works hard, physical presence. Two different players, mm-hmm. two different ways of playing. With Kyogo will run in behind Jakimakis. Yeah, he's mobile, but it's not really his game. And you know when Jakimakis is in the box, Abada and Jota are going to put the ball in. They are so you've going got, to, so John, going you've to got to pick one Celtic strike because strike, you've said he'll know the fair for 4 3 3. It's Jakimakis or Kyogo. Who starts at the weekend? I think Kyogo starts, um, I think, because of his. Um, because of the, the impact that Kyogo's had, not seeing Jakimakis didn't have a big impact last season. When Kyogo was injured, I thought he stepped up brilliantly. But for me, I think Kyogo gets the nod. Um, and I, I think it's a great it's a great sub, uh, an option to bring off mm. the bench. Because Kyogo does a lot of work. He runs in behind. Um, he gets fouled. Um, you know, he'll run all day for you. He'll come short and he'll try and hold it up. He does. He doesn't mind the physical side of it for you know for such a, a small type of player. Mm. How long was he out for last season? Three months, maybe. And, maybe, he, and he still yeah. scored twenty goals. Uh, he's an incredible player, mm. and, and that's why I think Ken. I think Kyogo starts the first game. Aberdeen. I think it'd be Jota and Abada um, alongside him. Uh, but and then I just think it's a wonderful option to have when Kyogo's getting a bit tired. And then the following week or the week after, you can start Jakimakis and keep Kyogo fresh. Yeah. Give him a little bit of a rest. Uh, but they've got two so very good so, centre forwards now. So, so do you, I mean, Gary was sort of suggesting that there might be a bit of mix and match about it and horses for courses. Would would you go that way? Would you would you change the central striker depending on who you're up against, what kind of defence you're up against? I think as the season goes along, yes. Uh, I, I think because... It's an awful lot of games. You you know, you'll have the League Cup again. You've got the Scottish Cup. You've got Champions League. So, Celtic are, are playing on four fronts. Mm. You know, so they're going to need a big squad to do that. It's almost like all the top teams, all the big squads need two players for every position. Mm-hmm. Ideally, ideally, that's what managers would like. How would you two feel about being told, well, actually, it's a certain type of defence this week, so you're on the bench. How do you fancy yeah, that, Kenny? You know, that's exactly what I was just going to say. But it's amazing. We're sitting here now saying, oh, yeah, we'll just retire. <laughs> if that had been anyone of us or any one of the other former players getting told, yeah, yeah, you'll play here and you might not play. No, no, I'm playing every week. I want to play every week or I'm not happy. You know, so this is it's fine in, in essence and in, mm. in theory chatting about, yeah, yeah, it's great to have two options. But come that time when the team's packed, the one that's not going to be in that team is not going to be a happy chappy, you know, because they're going to be worried. Playing both strikers and Kyogo and Jakimakis, I've got a real case based on the season that they've just had that they could say, look, that, that shot should be mine, you know. So it's a real healthy problem to have for a manager when you've got two players that are that can do the role differently because I think, like John says, Kyogo spends so much energy, you know, he brings so much energy to the team that it's impossible to last... 90 minutes every single week particularly when you've got midweek games so whether it be the cup games or, or Champions League games that you need a squad but you don't want to be that guy it's the squad player yeah. you know you want to be the guy that's got that jersey in the start and again you want to make yourself impossible to leave you out of the team you know tell, and I think, tell who else was excellent last season We're not, he's not got a mention is Maeda Mm-hmm. Well, so, he has yeah. got a mention, yeah. We, but. Well, no, we've spoken about Jota, we've mm. spoken about Abada, we've spoken about. Yeah, but Kyogo we've also spoken about what, what he's going to be like after getting a full preseason because you know he felt he wasn't quite at it at times, Maeda, because he came from the J League. But he's had a chance to, he's got a chance to freshen up and go here, and he was yeah. pretty. He was so he's another one you can play through the middle. 
Yeah. You know, because you are going to uh-huh. get injuries as well. You're going to get injuries, you're going to get suspensions. That's par for yeah. the course. You're going to have to deal with a lot of things during the season. What Celtic have now, they have many options. Not so much a centre-back option. If if you if you include Julien as well, does he mm. come into the fray? Does Ange just not fancy him whatsoever? Will he just not play him? Um, but as I said, they've also got the boy... Um, Morris Jens, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. come in. So Two mighty strong squads. There's going to be a lot of things to yeah. contend with. I think that's what wins the league. It's not the actual 11, it's the group. It's what you can it's do the group when, when you've got when a big you... player out. Yakamaka yeah. steps up, he comes in. That's the difference. That's what kicks you on. Who are champions, Gary, this season? Sorry, say again. Who are, who are the champions? Oh, I've just got to say, I'll take, I'll go back my team. I know, no great shot there. Um, no, I, I think, listen, I think Rangers have made some astute signings like Tom Lawrence and the boy Matundo. Um, and time will tell whether they can adapt to Scottish League and, and be yeah. great players for Rangers. Hopefully not. But um, to be honest, I think in terms of just just going forward for a season, just in terms of looking forward to it, I, I think in, in terms of Seagrass, I didn't get to see a lot of Seagrass pre-season, but I'm wondering if fans will go down the route of like a Pep Guardiola or a uh, or a Jurgen Klopp and maybe play him in the Cups maybe mm-hmm. give him the Cups to kind of give him game time I don't know if he'll do that because it will re- certainly rest Joe Hart if he's going to be playing yeah. mainly Champions League and League Yeah it's a good question and we'll actually uh, throw it at the guys a little bit later on Gary uh, good to hear from you all the best Cheers, and enjoy the season Cheers, when Gary. it starts good luck, Gary. The Gordy Football show with Macklin Motors. Buy your next car completely online at MacklinMotors.com. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! 2.1. It's Rob McLean, John Harrison, Kenny Miller on Thursday's Go Radio Football Show. Good to have you with us. Uh, we've had Dylan on the phone earlier calling in. We've had Gary as well. Uh, and he was floating an interesting question there uh, before he left us, uh, just before the break. John, one for you to pick up. Uh, and it's about the two Welshmen. Uh, you mentioned the two Welshmen that Rangers have signed, Rabbi Matondo and uh, Tom Lawrence. What should we expect of that pair in blue this season? Good players. I've seen a bit of uh, Rabbi Matondo um, with the Welsh setup. Very quick, uh, very, very direct, skillful. Um, and I think they've, they've signed one, you know, he's, he's, he's one for the future. Um, but I think he can make an impact. Rabbi Motondo, um, Tom Lawrence, lots of experience um, with the national team. With Derby, I think Wayne Rooney made him captain. That's how much he thought of, of Tom Lawrence in terms of around the place. Uh, can play along the front anywhere through the middle wide uh, quick 31 now by the way when I saw him Wales um, for some reason Robbie Page doesn't pick him but definitely on the back of some of his I know Derby County went down last season because they had that that points deduction which it made it very very difficult for everybody at the club and clear that's why Rooney probably left because they went down. Um, but for me, two good players. Uh, another Welshman, of course. We signed Aaron Ramsey, didn't he, at the back mm. end of last season. So another Welshman. Uh, two proud Welsh lads, Matondo and Lawrence. But no, um, two good signings. Especially Matondo, who's, uh, who's a threat. He likes to take players on. And um, he only likes to go one way. One thing in his mind, very positive. And uh, that's a good signing, Rabi Matondo. What are, you, what are you thinking, Kenny, about Rangers in attack this season? Obviously, Alfredo Morelos isn't isn't quite ready to come back in, but what have they added? 
I think and Lawrence have added goals and I think that's something key that was needed to be added to the Rangers front line uh, Ryan Kent gives you a different threat I think the way he plays is an absolute like 1v1 I mean I don't think there's many people who could live with him when he goes on that step over and he can go either way right foot left foot he's, he's equally uh, comfortable on both uh, but three goals I think it was in 42 games you know I'm sure he'll be absolutely sick fed up hearing these types of numbers because oh. that's, I've heard a lot over the close season what he does it, it drags people towards him and it frees up players I mean I think of the, the, the Dortmund goal John Lundstrom's goal where he had about three or four guys just attracting to him because they know the danger that he, that he poses and then he just frees up the space for a wee, a wee an easy pass a three four yard pass to the side for Lundstrom to go and score a goal and that's what he can give but that being said I still think he needs to be looking at that seven, eight goals because I think he added something like 18 assists last year overall competition. So it was By the a way, lot, he's, he's, a lot he's, not, of he's not 31, he's 20, he's yeah, 20 yeah. sorry, my mistake. But he's, uh, I, think he's, I think he'll add goals, you mm. know, and he's got a really good ability. You know, he's an international footballer. He's, he's played at a really good level down in England as well. Established player as well. It's no one where you're wondering about what is he going to bring. I think you're going to know exactly what he's bringing. He's got a creative influence to that front line, but I think he's hungry to score goals and I think that was really needed in the Rangers front line so there is real strength and I think there is competition as well for places in that front line as well I mean everybody being fit I would imagine Kent and Morelos are always going to be in that but when you've got Hadji coming back to fitness probably soon as well you've got Lawrence you've got Matondo who can play off that you've got Arfield who has played in that position as well over the last couple of seasons there is Lowry again as a young player who's came and played there last season as well there is real good competition for places in that front line but uh, I'm excited to see Matondo but like John says he's, he's really pacey really direct he's still young and I think he might need a little bit of time to make his impact again we don't know how they've been performing over the last few weeks since they've been signed he might have blew everybody away and you might find him in the starting lineup at the weekend but I think Lawrence will, will really give you a, a level of goals that's required to to, that, to add to that Rangers front line this year Have we passed the point do you think at which Ryan Kent might have been sold um, if he wasn't going to sign I mean we the expectation now is that Morelos is going to is going to sign an extension to his deal what do what uh, what do you think about Ryan Kent? There hasn't been much talk about him, has there? No, there's not. I mean, there has been. There's been pretty consistent chats since he's since he's came to Rangers. Mm. There has uh-huh. been play. I think it was at last summer. There maybe was at Leeds. That Leeds are the team that keep getting mentioned about. Uh, I, I don't think it's he's, we're past that moment as yet. When you've got five or four and a half weeks, five weeks of a transfer window back, you just don't know what goes on down in England. You know, when someone comes late and maybe loses one of their players and then maybe a player like Ryan Kent might be available with a year left on his contract, it might happen. You know, something might happen late in the transfer window. I think he's still, I mean, I think Ryan's 25 now, you know, so mm. it's not as if he's like that 18, 19, 20 year old, uh, but he's a very, very good player. That That is it. And I think, He's come up and he's been he's been very good for Rangers. You know, you, you, all you're doing is looking at these the, these stats and and these these goals. It's the it's the goals that I think is, and again that's why I say it's Lawrence will add that. I think so. There's a balance now maybe with Lawrence on one side and Kent on the other. They're, they're different threats. 
you know, and that gives you a good balance in that front line with Morelos or Cholak through the middle or, or Roof, who have they've all got proven goal scoring records, you know. So it's uh, a, a real competition. But I think uh, for me, if it's a, if you if everybody was fit, I still think you'd have Kent and Morelos in, in the team every day of the week. And then it's who goes off the other side, and whether it be Lawrence or does Lawrence play ahead of a, a Jack and a Lundstrom or a Jack and a Kamara in a more of a supporting second striker role. I think you, they, they could play that way as well and have a Matondo on the side, and it's real firepower going forward for Rangers with a lot of different qualities. How do you rate Ryan Kent, John? Oh, very highly, really highly. Got a trick. Um, as Kenny says, very difficult to stop it when he's running at you and he steps over with his with his left, cuts cuts on his right. He can also then chop it back on his left. Um, <clears throat> excellent. So you'd uh, worry about him in a Celtic Rangers game? Oh, you would. You would. He'd be the one that you'd have to not let try and influence the game. You'd have to get tight to him. I think there's been several games. I think he's already um, dispatched against Celtic. Because they've given him too many room to, to get to get his shots away. Um, no, I think he's excellent talent. I really do. Um, and uh, the one that surprised me that always played well against Celtic was Aribo. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I don't know how long he had in terms of his contract. I don't know. He was in his last year, right? What did he get for him? Five point. Well, it's good. I think it's something with, that goes up to goes up yeah. to about ten in the end. Yeah, because I, I I always thought that he's he's very um, unpredictable. He was like all arms and all legs. He'd win fouls. He'd he mm-hmm. was always a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, he scored in the Europa League final. Played through the middle in the Europa League final. He could play wide. Could play deep. But play through the middle, and that gives you a good option. So. A re-ball, certainly, uh, he'll be a loss. Uh, but you, you'd like to think, you know, Kenny just said it, Lawrence and Matondo, um, you know, and, and Korlak, who they paid, you know, £2 million for from Pauk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these guys as well, they're not just come in to make numbers up. These guys have come in to give competition to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as I said, <laughs> that's, why it, that's why I just think it's, at this moment in time, before mm-hmm. we've had a proper look at, you know the two teams. We we know how they're gonna they're gonna line up. We can guess with one or two changes coming in as as the season goes on. But that's why I think it's a little bit of a toss of a coin still. Like I can't really hang my hat. Of course, I would love to see Celtic retain the title. Kenny's probably the same for Rangers. But I have to say, at this moment in time, I don't think. I think it's. A, I, I can't really say. Because and well yeah. until we see the the two teams, no. let's let's have a look at them first. Let's see how, how they're faring, and then we can make a judgment after after three or four weeks. How concerned would you be, Kenny, about the absence of Aribo and Bassi? How big a miss are those two, and have they so far been replaced in terms of quality in the team? I would say Aribo, yes. I mean, Aribo was he had a fantastic. I mean, it was two and a half years, sorry, three seasons at the, mm. at the club, and he was he was brilliant, a really really good player, and I'm like, sure everybody at Ibrox wish him all the best going down to Southampton. Quite an elusive player, wasn't he? He was, you know, the way and he was really flexible and and where they could play. Like, like John says, he ended up playing striker in some really really important games at the end of, at the end of last season. He played off the off the right a lot. The reason I'm not that unhappy that he's that he's not going to be there now is because I think. I don't think Joe Aribo wants to play right wing. I think he would rather be in the centre of the pitch. So whether it's 
is there more higher up midfield or, or whether it's in that midfield three centre pitch I think that's where he probably sees himself playing and the fact that he was getting played as a right winger or an inside winger I don't think really suited him as much as he'd done the job really really well I think he'll want to be a player that plays in the position that he feels he's best at so there might have been a little bit of unrest in regards to the position he was playing and listen we've never seen it I'm just I'm just mm. surmising here because I think that's the type of player that he is maybe more he's a central player so whether it be an 8 or a or a 10 however you want to call it but as a midfielder a central midfielder I think that's where the boy will want to play so the fact that he's now left and you can go and put a Matondo out there or a Tom Lawrence out there uh, or even a Hadji I think you're Scott, getting a Scott Wright still there as Scotty well Scott you forget about Scotty as mm, well who yeah. again started really big games yeah. at the end of last season and done really Powerful well runner. you know and a really good ball carrier as well So again, and he's probably the natural one to play wide you know he's a, he is a winger he can play that which is why I'm sure Giovanni gave him the nod in the big games that he did at the end of last season but now you've got players playing their specialised positions no thinking right they say oh he can play there mm. or he can do a job yeah he can but where is he best yeah. you know and I think these guys are best in the positions that now they're probably going to find themselves in OK well done you two that's an hour uh, gone already but at half time in the Go Radio Football Show another 60 minutes of football chat still to come The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors Motability offers from nil advance payment visit macklinmotors.com for more info Let's go, go. Service your existing car with us right now. And it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available. So book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes motability and fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. I can exclusively reveal none of those three are in the studio at the moment. Let's go for Rob McLean, John Hartson and Kenny Miller on a Thursday. It will be Paul and Mark and Simon uh, tomorrow night as we get ever closer to the big kickoff. Livingston against Rangers is 12 noon on Saturday, followed by Hearts against Ross County. Hearts looking forward to eight matches guaranteed in Europe between now and Christmas. Kilmarnock against Dundee United. Kelly are back in the top flight. Uh, Dundee United have been signing uh, some pretty smart players uh, a famous five they've brought in under Jack Ross we'll talk about that before we're finished St Johnson against Hibs two teams already under pressure uh, three o'clock Saturday as well Sunday St Mirren against Motherwell uh, a couple of managers under pressure in that one as well and of course Motherwell play tonight Sligo seven o'clock one down in the Europa Conference League second qualifying round and the Champions kick off Sunday it's 430 for Celtic and Aberdeen. Let's get the predictions of John and Kenny for, uh, you've already told us, I'm pretty sure at the top of the show who's going to win the title. Uh, But let's get your top six, John, starting, I imagine, with your old team. Is that right? Yeah, I think uh, Celtic will retain the title. I don't think it'll be uh, um, an easy job done. I think they'll they'll have to work for it at times. Play very, very well um, against a strong Rangers team under a really good manager in uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. But I think it'll be Celtic again. <clears throat> um, and I think Rangers will will finish runners-up. Um, Hearts, it's the same three really in order mm-hmm. as, as mm-hmm. the other last season there. 
Um, I think Aberdeen have to step up, you know, last season with the big hype, you know, around Stephen Glass and signing Scott Brown and everything else. That that didn't turn out very well for Aberdeen. Nothing to do with, obviously, Scott Brown. Scott was still a great player, still put in some great performances. Just don't think Aberdeen got going from the get-go, really, under uh, Stephen Glass. That's why they changed it. I think Jim Goodwin will have a better season. Although he had 12 games and he didn't have much of an impact either, did he, at the tail end of the season, which I think surprised him, even with the well, same I th- players. I think I think he'll know, he'll know this season that he needs to make a better start. Mm. He, as manager, is in charge. He, he'll need to make a better fist of it than Stephen Glass did because he didn't make much of a difference, as you just said there. They just as well carried on with Glass as to what Jim brought. Um, but I think Jim Goodwin will know that and he'll want, he'll want to get Aberdeen going from, from the get-go. So I've got Aberdeen fourth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think Hibbs under Lee Johnson uh, will, will finish fifth. Again, a team that has to do so much better than what they did last season. Knock in the top six. Um, and they're looking at the big rivals across the road. Hearts doing so well, so I think Hibbs uh, the benefit of bringing in a new new manager. Of course, Jack Ross has left. Sean Maloney's left. Lee Johnson now. Lee Johnson, a lot of experience. Been in Scottish football before. Been involved. Um, you look at Bristol City, Sunderland. You know, two big clubs mm. down south. So he comes to Hibbs. He gets an opportunity, and I think Malky Mackay uh, will take a bit of momentum with regards to how. Ross County did last season how they finished the second half of the season so I've gone Celtic Rangers Hearts Aberdeen Hibs Ross County and bottom John relegation automatic relegation I can't relegation. give you that Rob because it'll call absolute eruptions at the minute so give me a month and I'll give it to you then <laughs> ok alright Kenny are you going bottom no, I'm going to stick with the tall. Actually, thank you, right. thank you, Kenny. Not just well. me, Rob. Eh? No, what a, what a sidestep <laughs> yeah. you two have got. You know, it's like. Uh, I'm like John there. I can't. I think it's really, really tight to call at the top. You know, clearly I'm going to say Rangers at this because obviously your heart always rules your head. But it's super, super close with it, with, with both teams because I don't think we've they've not just got really, really good players and, and a really strong squad. I just think they're really good teams now. Mm-hmm. Both teams are really, really good, and within those teams they've got really good players. But I would go Rangers, Celtic again. Hearts for me are way ahead of <coughs> the rest. Uh, and I'm sure they'll have aspirations of trying to close that gap a little bit on the top two. Robbie Nielsen said that, hasn't he? But I'm sure he has. Listen, he's not going to care anybody. Is it Mission Impossible? For me, I think... It, not to close the gap, no, because they can get more consistent against the rest of the teams, mm. uh, which, again, will get you that little bit closer. If you're looking at splitting them up, no. Or top but, of them, it's no good. Or even happen. getting within what, yeah. what what what's what's realistic. I mean, what was last season ago? They must have still been what, twenty points back? 20, 20, 20 odd points back. Uh anything within fifteen points, I think so as it would be an incredible season. I think as well maybe when Robbie's quoted as saying that closer, maybe he's he's thinking on the lines that I want to do better when we directly play them. I want to beat Celtic and Rangers more often. I want to get draws. I want to go to Celtic Park and get and play well, and my team can be full of confidence. Well, that that would you know, be that, a, that yeah. type of thing. Not in terms of over a thirty-eight game season, um, right the way through, just ten and a half, ten months of football. Um, I don't think that they can get anywhere near splitting up 
you know, breaking, you know, that Celtic Rangers, Rangers Celtic. They were they were twenty eight points behind Rangers that's last there season. There, there's your yeah. answer. But for me, maybe when when Celtic or Rangers go to Tynecast, we know how difficult, how intimidating Hearts can make it. I think he means more that. So up against Celtic and Rangers, we have to perform better, take points off the top two, because they'll take plenty of points off off all the other teams mm. in the league. So I think maybe he was trying to make that point as well. Let's do better against the uh, you know Celtic and Rangers. And in relation to that, you can still get closer than twenty eight points, you know. Mm. So, but I think I agree with John. It's, and it's not just can we get more points. It's, it's how how do we approach the game? Can we approach the Ooh. game with a little bit more confidence that we can go and compete? Mm. You know, rather than just try to. I either sit back and, and, and nick a point, you know. So I think, yeah, I think Hearts will be, uh, for me, way ahead of the rest in, in regards they were, they to. They were 13 clear yeah. of fourth. When I say way ahead, I don't actually just mean the points. What I mean is I just yeah. think they look stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just they're just stronger than the rest. I've actually got, and this is with absolutely no confidence whatsoever that I'm going to predict the next ones. I've actually done the United still in fourth. I just think with Jack Ross coming in, Building on what was like the good work that was done last season, finishing fourth under under Tam Courts in their first season back up. Uh, the, the additions that they've they've made, I think that they are they have really really strengthened. I mean, real quality and and Fletcher obviously they seen Levitt on loan last year. Uh, Sybil adds something as well. I think he adds again he with may, better players around him. Maybe absolutely, he's a really really good player. Shabs, he really is. Uh, and if if he gets the opportunity to play. And, and that team like you say with better players I think he could flourish I think he'll need to work super hard to get into that starting lineup initially but he's another it makes the squad look a lot stronger than probably what it did last year so I've got them sitting in fourth again no way any great confidence and even now with I've got Aberdeen then Hibs I'm saying that because they need to be in that position there is no way Hibs and Aberdeen can have another season finishing outside the top six Here, here's one about Hibs I mean they, they were desperately poor in the in the League Cup not, uh, League Cup group stages they're out already and Aidan McGeady today well, we're, we're finding out is it could be out for three months well when I seen Aidan McGeady going to Hibs team and you see the, the issues that Hibs had to score goals uh, for the last three four months of the season <clears throat> I thought that not only could is he, is he a goal threat because he does get goals I think he was potentially going to be the creative edge that they needed to create goals and have that more opportunities for the strikers and definitely be a real threat in that final third because I watched him a couple of times in the, in the cup games and he's still got that burst of pace that wee burst over that first that initial 5-10 yards he's got enough and it's his abilities he read in the situation he can see the full back coming and he's ahead of it you know so he just shifts it and he's gone so he's still got that so he'll be a huge huge loss to Lee Johnson and Hibs so uh, yeah I've got Hibs in at 6th Aberdeen in at 5th uh, probably have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about and it'll be completely different but I think these two clubs need to be in the top six and competing for European places through absolute necessity more than anything else and if they don't these managers are going to find themselves under under severe pressure because they can't have I mean I think Aberdeen were 10th last year and Hibs yeah. missed out on the, in the top six mm. you know so and you know and the other teams that have been there Ross County under Malky Malky had a brilliant year I mean, after a really really tough start of the season and got Ross County absolutely flying he has lost a couple of good players particularly in the forward areas so it'll be a a big ask again to probably finish in the top six and I think the same goes for Motherwell I mean you look at the Aberdeen I think you could throw Aberdeen St Mirren Hibs and uh, Motherwell the amount of games that they won in the second half of the season was was absolutely 
non-existent. If mm. you put them all together in all the games he played, it was a really, really low. It was like they were trying games. not to finish in the top six. <laughs> well, that was it, you know, and that's why I think when Motherwell won one in fifteen or something and managed to get into the mm. top six, and because it was so tight and so like packed up behind the top three, that one win gets them into the top six, and then subsequently they find themselves for European football, you know, which was a bro ultimately a brilliant season for Motherwell. So uh yeah. I think uh, the form really needs to improve in a lot of our teams this year. To, but I can just see it being really congested again behind the top three. You know, I've put them in that type of order, uh, but I'm not confident at all in my prediction. And you two are going nowhere near the bottom six, are you? No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go anywhere near. It. I think no. the teams are a lot of teams that are evenly matched. For what I've seen so far, uh, yeah, since St Johnston out of the cup, St Mirren out of the cup along with Hibs. We've, there's some big clubs out there I think Kilmarnock will have a say mm-hmm. I think under Derek McInnes he'll not be mucking about absolutely not he's not going to be accepting just finishing kind of ninth, 10th he'll, he'll be wanting to be pushing that top 6 because of how how poor she, the season was last year in relation probably a points total away from, behind Hearts he'll be looking at that thinking you know I think we can maybe disrupt that you know even though it's his first year back in there's no way knowing Dell knowing Tony Dock that they're going to be coming up just to be a, another number in the Premier League they're going to be what he's pushing and I'm sure maybe not maybe not publicly but privately I'm sure they'll have top six aspirations Here's a question for you John could Celtic be getting off to a better start than Rangers over the first half dozen games or so because they know what's happening They've got the Champions League group stages. Don't need to worry about that at the moment. They're coming up. The draw is still to be made, of course. Rangers have got two qualifying rounds. Could that be a distraction for Rangers as they try to burst their way out of the blocks? Well, I think you you know what I'm going to say. Basically, it wasn't a distraction for Rangers last season, was it? Getting to the Europa League final. Um, in terms of the games, in terms of the high-profile games, but, but, the, but these are these are games with big pound signs. Oh, massive, massive pound signs! But you know, Rangers will will want to will want to get through, of course, and join Celtic in the Champions League. Um, you know, I, I said last season that I thought that was I thought they were a little bit complacent at the start of the season. I thought they felt their name was on that Champions League. You know, that carrot was coming Rangers' way. Um, the way that Celtic responded and the recruitment and played. Listen, that's last season now. Um, going over all gra- over all ground, but I I don't know. Rob, if it'll make a difference, I, I think if your team starts well, if Rangers start with a really good win up at Livingston, which will be a difficult place to go with the plastic pitch, it's not like I've only won once there in 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 so many games down the years since the pitch has mm. has, has gone in. Um, and I just think sometimes it, it can go your way. Uh, I think you can get a bit of momentum by playing well, winning big games, getting into the Champions League. How good would they feel? if they qualify for the Champions League. So I think it can go either way, really. Yeah. You know, I think both teams will want to get off to a good start. Celtic have a tough Aberdeen home and then Ross County away. Mm. Um, Is that a factor, Kenny? Could could that be a factor, the fact that Rangers have got these massive matches in Europe while we're getting into the um, the Premiership proper? I think, I, th- I agree with what John said. I think it's, it's, it's another two really, really big, huge Mm. competitive games hopefully another two after it as well again by the looks of the draw as well it'll be really really tough uh, if they get past the first one so but what it is is if you ask any football player yeah pre-season's brilliant and it's hard and you put the hard yards in and you have pre-season games and you build your minutes up 45s and you get your 60s you get your full games nothing 
is like a competitive match. You know, you never ever hit the same levels in a pre-season game as what you're going to hit in a competitive match. So what it does for the Rangers players is it's another two, potentially four competitive matches early in the season to get yourself up to speed mm. because any player will say, yep, they really start to feel that their real sharpness, like match fitness, match sharpness are right there, maybe five, six, maybe even seven games in. But what Rangers are going to have the chance, they're going to have the games condensed into a really short space of time. You throw in obviously the League Cup as well, you're going to have that game coming yeah. up shortly as well. So there is an opportunity to get them. But, you know, they're huge games with a lot at stake, that even mentally, they could be really, really draining on you as well. But, you know, it can go either way. For me, as players at this stage of the season, you want the season started. Even just when I'm down there this week and you're speaking to some of the players, they want their season started and they're a week behind us. You know, they're just looking forward to the Lester, big yeah. show. I mean, they're looking forward to the big show. So all our Scottish players, all the teams will be looking forward to this weekend. It's opening day weekend and it's a real opportunity to go again for teams to get off to a really, really good start. Maybe they never started well last year. We've already touched on a few of those teams that, that never got off to a great start and maybe it's just, it was a hangover for the whole season. Well, it's opening day weekend. It's first chance to go and get that first one on the board, the first points on the board, which always is, is a big, big thing. For Rangers, for Celtic, obviously it's, it starts all over again. It's must win. You know, you don't want to lose ground early. So if uh, you were hinting at the draw there for, for Rangers beyond the the obvious, uh, the kick-off next week against Union SG, if we work on the basis that they can get over that hurdle, uh, next it's Dinamo Kiev against Sturm Graz, Monaco against PSV. Um, those are all pretty tough ties, aren't they? As you would expect going... You know, you know, shooting for a place in the yeah, Champions League. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's four really, really tough matches. I mean, the one other thing I would say, you can't take anything for granted by for, for any of the four uh, if you end up facing them. Uh, the flip side of that is they're teams that I wouldn't fear. That's for sure. Mm. The Rangers exploits, and not just last year, making the Europa League final. You look at the three previous seasons under Steven Gerrard and in, uh, in, in the Europa League, there was really, really good performances against good teams, particularly at home. Yeah, and again, some, I think there were some really good counter-attacking performances away from home last season and that run to the Europa League final. Some really, really good defensive performances. I'm thinking of Braga away, keeping it one, and even Leipzig, where you uh, you actually have to defend for your life to try and hold on to something, to take it back to Ibrox, which was an absolute fortress for them uh, through that run. So uh, I still I would fancy them to get through. It would be a really, really good opportunity. But listen, it's, it's tough to navigate your way through these games because it's a lot at stake for Rangers, but it's the same for these teams as well. You know, they'll be have one eye on the Champions League group stages. They'll want to get there. And at this stage of the season, when there's no doubt, you're no way you're up at your, your full speed. It's a massive game to have at this time of the season. Kenny Miller, John Hartz and Rob McLean talking football. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! It's the show that flies by. We've just got about half an hour to go and uh, we've got two days to go to the start of the Premiership football season. Livingston Rangers uh, Saturday followed by Hearts Ross County, Kilmarnock Dundee United, St Johnston Hibs, St Mirren Motherwell followed by Celtic against Aberdeen. That's a 4.30 kickoff on Sunday. Just talking about um, what the European games may or may not do to the start of uh, domestic football, the, the league's getting underway at the weekend. But John, what, what would you reckon? How much would you welcome the presence of Rangers alongside Celtic in the Champions League groups? Fantastic. I think it'd be great for uh, um, 
for Scottish football. I think if you've got the two big sides in Scotland, uh, the two global clubs with massive fan bases all around the world, the impact that can have on Scottish football and the younger generation. Um, I think it'd be magnificent. Of course, Rangers have a bit of work to do. They've got some qualifiers. Um, Celtic walk straight in. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I would I would more than welcome Rangers to join Celtic. It means that they've done very well to come through two qualifiers on the back of reaching the Europa League final yeah. last year. And you have to say, Rob, in recent years, Rangers have been very, very good in Europe under Steven Gerrard. Mm-hmm. I well, think they've, they've got, improved year on year, oh, haven't they, they? They've improved, and I think they got to did they get to a last sixteen, and then did they get to a last eight, or was it two sixteens? I think it was maybe a couple of sixteens, was yeah, it? Yeah, and, and then, then for and last then... season, and to, and to have beat some of the teams that they beat last season, you know, mm. in terms of getting to the Europa League final, um, going away from home, scoring four goals in Dortmund, you know, no, nobody foresaw f- f- that result. No, but obviously, Jovan Bronkers came in. I think. He's clever with the systems. He's very knowledgeable on the game. He can mm. change. He can he can fluctuate his team systems and everything else during the game, and uh, that's why I I see Rangers another serious threat this season in terms of the title because mm-hmm. they have Van Bronckhurst, got the experience. He's already got the Europa League final. They won the Scottish Cup. Yeah, they didn't win the league, but um, that's that's why I think it'll be a really good competition this season. And when you get to the final of the Europa, that's got to give you massive belief that you can get to the groups this time, Kenny, of the top tournament. Well, I think the experiences that the players have gained over the last four years, they know how to play in Europe. They know how to navigate their way through a lot of qualifiers. I think it was the first season, it was four four games, eight Mm. games to actually make the group Mm. stage of the Europa League. Uh, They know the importance of them again so even in terms of their preparation I'm saying that they might not be up to speed in regards to which they won't be their full full potentially where they're going to be but they've been used to it over the last four years so they're not going into these games what they mean what's at stake but it's even greater this year with the Champions League you know they had it last year fell short early this season I think the performances that they're putting against some really really big clubs has to give them a belief that they can get through these next two games and get themselves in the Champions League and like John says it would be amazing for Scottish football to have our two clubs our two big clubs in the Champions League Europe's elite competition because that's where they belong mm. you know these clubs belong at that the, the histories the traditions the fans deserve it you know so it'll be uh, yeah you'll be looking at these games with re- real interest I mean I fancy Rangers strongly to get through I mean I wouldn't ever underestimate anyone at this stage it'll be tough but definitely getting through the first and when you see these four teams Kiev, Sturm Graz, Monaco and PSV they're all teams that of that ilk that Rangers have faced over the last three or four yeah. seasons and they have came out on top against a lot of them a lot of the time. So there's nothing to fear, but there's definitely respect to be paid. And you just want the momentum to continue in Europe as well, don't you? Because we've got to the stage now where the champions, Celtic, have gone straight into the, the group stages. Yeah. If Rangers can can qualify and if both teams can can keep you know, do pretty well in the group stages. It just keeps that graph on the rise, doesn't it? Of in terms it of does. European, the of course, coefficient. Of course it does. But Celtic and, and Ange and, and the board of the hierarchy, the ones who I've spent twenty million, you know, during the the, the window here now, uh, securing some of the players last season who were on loan. We mentioned them, um, you know, Jota, Maeda, and Carter Vickers. But they're under no illusions that this is going to be easy. Um, the Champions League is is the the it's the biggest club competition in the world. Mm-hmm. It's second only to the World Cup. 
in terms of achievements, in terms of a cup to go and win. You're up against all the best teams. You're up against all the best world-class players. And you've got to produce your best form. Uh, Celtic have to take advantage, so do Rangers, of their vociferous crowds at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for me, it's going to be very, very difficult. I think Rangers have the momentum. Of course they do. They know, as Kenny said, they've been going... You know, to the latter stages, if you like, the last 16, and then obviously get to the final. And it was one of those seasons where both sets of supporters were pretty happy with the way it all panned out. Yes, Rangers would have wanted, to, you know, to, to have won the title. But if you're not going to win the title, yeah. then if you get the Scottish Cup and you get to a European final, that's pretty good going. Celtic at the title and the League Cup. Yeah, you do think as well with these games. Kenny mentioned um, the Sturmgratz, Kiev, Monaco, PSV. These games are ever so tricky. They're really tricky, you know, because it's the start of the season. They come really early on, and the amount of times that Celtic have been knocked out in in the uh, and then obviously dropped into the into the Europa League. The amount of times Celtic have been have, have actually dropped out, you know, it's almost mm. you know year in year out, um, and it's very hard getting through these. Yeah. Initial qualifiers. But it's not a great excuse, is it? Because we know the we know the timetable. <laughs> These games come around at the same time. Every, they they, every they year. can be tricky games. Yeah, I they know. Can I know. Be tricky I know. games. I know. I mean, they, these are t- and these are teams with with a European pedigree as well. Uh, the the ones that that Rangers uh, could be facing if they get through that over that first hurdle against uh, Union SG. What about Ange uh, and Celtic in the Champions League? Are you excited about that, John? Well, obviously you're excited about it. Are you worried about it at all because he ain't going to compromise? No, because this is where he wants to be. This is where Celtic fans want do you not to fear, be. Do you not fear a hiding? I think we might get... Might concede. I think throughout the season, Celtic will concede goals. Although they had a great defensive record last season, they had the best defensive record in the league. They were much more improved from the previous season. Um... Under Ange, I think that partnership of Starfelt and Carter Vickers sort of played a big part in that, um, you know, in terms of not conceding that many goals last season. But they will, Celtic will, the way they play, they will concede goals. They'll score ample as well. They'll score ample of goals. And it's almost like, you know, we will outscore the opposition at times. If that's, you know, I, I think it's exciting. I think it's front foot football. I think it's high press, win the ball high, um, and then and then you're relying on players to work exceptionally hard because in Europe, if you go forward, they can hit you on the counter attack, and then then you're asking huge levels of energy from McGregor, Hitati, you know, and Celtic did tire towards the last end of the games, the last 15, 20 minutes of lots of games last season. Mm-hmm. That was that was also mentioned quite a few times. Because the amount of effort and the work rate they put in, obviously trying to win the ball back and going forward. Um, I think, Ange, it's really, really stubborn in terms of his philosophy of the way that he sees the game played. Um, he wants four at the back, three in midfield, and he wants three up top. And I don't think he'll change. That's my own personal view. Static fans might come on and say, "Well, he has to change." I don't think he will. You know, uh, I, I, I just, I just don't think he, I, I don't think he's for changing, changing his style. Whatever happens, I mean, you, you've been with Brendan Rodgers last couple of days, Kenny, um, and he suffered uh, some heavy defeats, didn't he, in, in Europe? He did. Again, so I think it was the, the, the season there was there was PSG and Man City. I mean, we are talking about the, some mm. of the best teams in the world. You know, they can do this to anybody. Mm. However you play, 
you can play really defensive, you can play threes at the back, fives at the back, four, it doesn't matter. These teams are good enough and they can hurt anybody in world football. You know, so it's, it's the thing that was always, for me with Ange, is that he isn't going to change. He will play 4-3-3. The only thing I'm saying, and we're talking about it in the break, mm. that changing a formation does not mean you change your style. No. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that. So I think when you're playing against the elite teams, and I'm not saying you have to, but you should definitely have a bit of an open mind that there may be something different we could do in our defensive shape that can maybe give us a better chance to actually win a game or get a result against the elite. Because John Turston at all these teams that have came to Celtic Park over the years, whether it be Juve's, Man U's, Barcelona's, AC Milan's, Celtic have got really, really good results. Rangers in the last four years against your Leipzig's, your Dortmunds, your Braggers, your Benfica, uh, Feyenoord's, your Ben... All these mm. teams have come and there's been really, really good performances. The thing you would say about Giovanni is maybe a little bit more flexible in his thinking in regards to changing the, the, the shape of the team. Not the style, mm -hmm. not the identity, the shape. So there is ways that you can do things by positioning your players a little bit differently defensively to give you a better chance to get a result. You know, and I'm sure Ange does that anyway. 4-3-3 three, three is just a... It's just, four, it's just three mm. numbers. You know, you can play it a million different ways. But Ange has really been solid on that's how he's going to play it and it won't change. But I don't think he's that silly that he's saying that. But within that system, I'm sure he'll make little, little tweaks whether it be off the ball stuff, on the ball stuff, for the opposition, the level of opposition that he's going to be facing in this Champs League. I mean, the draw's not done yet. You could end up with two absolute powerhouses, mm -hmm. like they did that campaign under under Brendan's campaign with City, uh, Man City and uh, and PSG that mm -hmm. were in the group. So it was a really, really tough group, you know. I mean, you're hoping you probably don't... I know you want the glamour ties, but you still want a wee opportunity, you think, right, we can maybe next second spot in this group, you know. With those two teams, it's probably not going to happen. So it'll be interesting to see how they go because you're right, John's right, he will not change. And yeah. he said that, I think, uh, he's been on record saying that. Flexibility was a key word, wasn't it, with uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and Rangers. Um, and he was smart and he, and he was willing to adapt and change uh, depending on how the game was going, we, we saw John Lundstrom regularly dropping back in, sometimes into into a back four or Rebo. between the two centre backs, making making it a three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, he, he, but 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 defensively, you know, quite quite often we saw uh, Lundstrom popping up between the two centre backs. Yeah, we did, Would, yeah. Could 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 we see Celtic adopting a similar policy? Would that give them a bit more solidity uh, on the European stage, the top European stage? Well, sometimes I think I think you did see it. I think you did see uh, Callum McGregor be disciplined and not quite into the back four, but just in front, playing as that that mm -hmm. sort of uh, that security that he gives the team, playing in that number six and being disciplined in that number six. Because Callum, sometimes for me, if if uh, O'Reilly's sort of wide or got himself wide, chased the ball down. Callum gets a ball, he's so positive that he drives forward with the ball. He's then looking to make a pass that through the eye of a needle pass to put put one of the strikers in or he plays it wide. But sadly, at this moment in time, I've spoke to many of the supporters and the one position where they haven't quite got that, that solid defensive midfield player that is disciplined, who's got a bit of a physical presence about him, who's good at intercept, like a Neil Lennon. Neil didn't want to score goals, right? He didn't want to Just go... as well he didn't want no, to score goals. No, Rob, he didn't want to <laughs> score. He wasn't concerned. All Neil did was intercept. He was very clever. Mm. 
you know, he could he could intercept passes, and do you know what he'd do? Neil never passed the ball over 15 yards. Yeah. He got a lot of stick as well, didn't he? All he done, he played yeah. it square. Give it to your best he kept player. the ball. Give it to your Lambert. Give it to your Petrov. Give it to your Sutton. Get it out wide to Thompson where they can do the damage. Mm. But Neil was outstanding at it. But that was a different formation. We mm. played three at the back with two wing-backs with the Gat and Thompson, and we played with two strikers. That's what you can do when you play with three at the back. You know, with wing backs, that allows you to play two up top. But with Ange, we've seen at times Kyogo maybe just off Jakamakis, but then sometimes for that, he's took a centre midfield player off just to keep that three in the middle of the park. Mm. Um, and I honestly, I, I am so, I am so um, sure that Ange won't change. I will be shocked if he changes the 4-3-3 because I think he's won in this system. He's won, you know, um, for when he's in the J-League and he's been successful with the National Australian League. Um, and I just think he, he's, he's bringing that success. He won the league last year playing that system. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. No, no. You know, we're all we're all saying he should do this. Yeah, he I, think, do that. But we're, I think we're talking a big step up you know, here, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying he, he's been successful. Yes. In this system. So you think to yourself, managers are quite are quite stubborn in terms of, well, I win, I win, throw all the questions at me. But by the way, this system has just clawed back, you know, the league where we lost by twenty five points. It was a remarkable season. Mm. I remark to to actually get them players in those positions in the four three three to recruit Abada, to recruit Jota, to recruit Kyogo, Hitati, Mick Callum McGregor, even better mm. as a captain. So the guy deserves an awful lot of credit, even if it's in this system. I don't, I don't think there's anybody who's saying he should do this or he should do that. And mm. I don't think because there was even these debates last year after the, the start of the. I the said it myself, Kenny. I think you if know, a pundit said, yeah. it, "Look, we, we're going to yeah. get hammered yeah. in this system. We're yeah. conceding goals, conceding chances mm. every game." All but I'm stuck is, with it. All it is is just trying to have a wee look forward. Who? It's been really successful for him in Australia and in Japan and, and also winning the league last year. Well, Celtic have got 10 times the budget. Any other team in Scotland, probably outside Rangers. So you're you are looking at, you've got the best players within, the, you can play whatever you want, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you get the players playing the certain way. That's the job. So, and they played some wonderful football last year. Are you going to be able to do that against Man City, against PSG, against... Chelsea against Liverpool if you Real know. Madrid yeah. Real Madrid's in Barcelona the reality is you're not going to be able to do it to the same extent you can still try because what I always say and I, and I absolutely applaud trying to do it because I know these guys are I know Messi's and Neymar's and don't want to chase you know so when you've got the ball you want to keep it you want to make them work you want the good teams have to expend energy to try and win it back rather than just kicking it back and that's where I, I say that it's that doesn't change the style you still play the way you want to play but there may just be something different that gives you a better chance when you've not got the ball. That it's, it maybe just has to be looked at because you can't always expend energy chasing and chasing. John's saying that they maybe had a bit of brick wall 15, 20 minutes at the end of games and I think we've all seen that. Mm-hmm. We've all seen that with some of the, the, the team in general but definitely individuals within that team. That's when you're having 75% of the ball, 72% of the ball. When you're now going to be chasing potentially 60% of the time, 65% of the time, that is even harder to do. We've seen him make changes of four. And we it's it's quite it's not unusual for Ange to put four on 
and bring four off. Mm. Because who does that? Mm. Not many managers. I tell you why he does that because there's four players that are struggling physically because they put so much into the yeah. game. Yeah. Know, the wide because of men, the intensity. Yeah. You're expecting Jota to get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you, you want him to do his best work going forward. Of course you do. You want him to save himself a little bit. Abada got a great engine. You know, gets back, helps helps um, Ralston or Juranovic, whoever plays. And I think as well, in that system, to be successful, your your middle three have to be outstanding on the ball. You've got to control. You, you've got to have the lion's share of possession to get the ball to, you know, to to win that battle in the middle of the park, so then you can choose when you go wide, when you play into the front. The Celtic have three terrific central midfield players, whoever they're going to be. He's got loads and loads of options, but to be successful in that four-three-three, Celtic against other teams like they showed last season, they might struggle in the against the very very elite in mm. the Champions League because they've all got world-class midfield players. The teams they're going to come up against, but generally. In the Scottish Premiership, Celtic have a three in there yeah. that will keep the ball all day for you. It's an exciting uh, European season in prospect. Celtic in the group stages of the Champions League. Rangers trying to get there. Hearts, uh, Euro- Europa League playoff round. At worst, they drop into the conference and get another six group games. Um, who else do we have again? Motherwell. Dund- Dundee United. Dund- and yeah. the one I was coming around to is Motherwell, of course, who whose campaign could end uh, tonight in a couple of hours' time unless they can turn it round in Sligo. This is the Motherwell team, which will kick off at 7 o'clock in Ireland. Kelly, Carroll, Lamy, Mugabe, Maguire, Spittle, Slattery, Van Veen, McGinn, Morris and Tierney. Can they turn it around? Can they keep their European season alive? The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Two days away from the big kickoff Saturday, Sunday in the Premiership. It's come around pretty sharpish, hasn't it? Europe tonight, though, for Motherwell. Uh, can they survive in the Europa Conference League second qualifying round? They're a goal down from Fair Park. Uh, they are in Sligo. Uh, yeah, just about 13 minutes away from kickoff. Uh, I gave you their numbers 1 to 26 before the break. It's going to be something like Kelly and Goals, McGinn, Lamy, Mugabe, Carroll, Maguire, and Slattery, uh, Morris, Tierney, Spittle. Van Veen, Kenny, and uh, well, it's a big night for them. They they should be good enough, but uh, um, losing at home was not part of the script. No, it was not. It was uh, a player we know pretty well. Aidan Keane got the goal last week. It was a mistake from McGabby, I think it was in the pass back. Never got it all the way back to Kelly, and uh, and Aidan went through and lobbed it over Liam Kelly. So listen, there wasn't actually a lot between the teams, but you would expect Motherwell to put up a better showing uh, tonight and again it's a really good opportunity for them to get through get another couple of games in Europe and get one step closer to the group stages yeah and it's probably a tie that uh, they expected to win I mean Sligo are not one of the best teams in, in Ireland uh, but Motherwell off to a bad start and it just could leave a bad taste in the mouth of the fans early on in the campaign John even before the Premiership has started if you don't get through a European tie which you've been looking forward to all summer well, I'd like to see Graham Alexander really positive. Go with a real positive attitude. You're one nil down. You need one nil to. You need one goal to get back in it. Um, defend properly. Play two strikers um, and put loads of balls in the box. You know, get on the front foot. Win possession. Defend right. 
um, defend well at set pieces and be positive. Say mm. to his players, hey, come on, what an opportunity. We're in Europe. You know, get through this one. It's almost like a, a, a camel hike, isn't it? You know, these games, you get through one game, two legs, and then you got another one. Get through that one, then you got another stiffer opposition. Mm. But tonight, for Graham Alexander, say to his players, come on, leave everything out there. Don't worry about the game at the weekend. Don't worry about the Scottish Premiership starting. We have to get through tonight and a real positive team talk and uh, hopefully his players will uh, will step up for him. I'm just trying to get my head around a camel hike in Sligo, but uh, there we go. Uh, one down, one down going into the, that return tonight. And and he, he will he could very quickly become a manager under pressure. We, we touched on it earlier, the fact that the mother will just scraped into the European places uh, having not won too many games uh, and at times he was under pressure last season but it was difficult to criticise because he did qualify for Europe uh, there in Paisley on Sunday uh, Motherwell and there's another man who wants to get off to a good start isn't it Kenny Stephen Robinson yeah Stephen was similar to Jim going in kind of, I run a bit there of the time Jim chooses to go up to Aberdeen Stephen then comes in into St Mirren and, and both never really had the impact they would have liked it uh, that their new clubs you know there was not a lot of wins uh, towards the end of that season for either team so St Mirren again Motherwell I mean it's hard to criticise Graham Alexander based on you have to look at a whole season mm. you know you look at a season what's their goals what's their objectives and, the budget, and the season. budget and the budget yeah you throw that into the equation but you're judged on like where you finish what, what have you achieved over the course of a season well Motherwell achieved Europe you know which was very very good you know, but when you look at that one, that I think the form might have ended up with two wins out of 17 games or something, you know, it's not great reading, you know, but the big picture was the European qualification, finishing fifth, and you're right, there was a few murmurs through the course of the season, I think it was at two different times, where there was maybe no great form, but then they, they produced a wee, a decent little run, a, a, an upturn in their, in their form, and ultimately, like I said, they finished in the top six, by doing that and getting in there, I think it was on the last day, the 33rd game of the season, they managed to get in there, uh, I think Livingston missed out on goal difference, I think, didn't they? So it mm. just showed you the uh, how tight the league was last season. And Motherwell get in the top six with one win and whatever it was, and then they take advantage of it and get European qualification. So on the face of it, yeah, but you're right, I think he'll, he'll be one of these number of managers at the start of the season that really will be looking for a big start to the season just to kind of ease the pressure a little bit that could come with a few poor results. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's definitely a pressure derby. And I think the one in Perth as well on Saturday, St. Johnson against Hibbs. Um, and all, for all the credit in the bank that Callum Davidson had for the season before last, and obviously an unprecedented uh, performance in winning both the, the cup competitions, uh, they just scraped it last season in terms of, of survival. Um, and what he didn't want was to be stuttering already and, and dropping out of League Cup contention. No, I, I think Callum Davidson a couple of seasons ago winning both Cups was remarkable. Um, no disrespect, but for a club like St. Johnson to go and, to go and achieve that, that was a, an unbelievable feat. But then you look at it and go, well, a poor season to their standards, you know, to Callum's standards mm. as well. Um, how can they be so good? How can they knock Rangers out the semi-final? How can they beat... Livingston, how can they beat? Was it the other team? Was it Hibs they played? Livingston. Yeah. So you can be so good and then drop your levels uh, so fast. Mm. And that's what they did. And the board would look at that. And all of a sudden you're thinking, well, last season, well, a bit of sentiment, really. You know, what he did, we, we stick with him. We know we, we know he's got it. He's got it in his locker. We know how he can, 
he can produce the team to play very, very well, good football. But now you get to the second season, if you like, and I think I think Callum Davidson now needs to go and um, win some games early on, um, get his team up the league, uh, just to just to stay away from that potential. Because I think if he has a season like he had last season, um, then he'd do very well to stay in the job. And I, I think Callum knows that. I think if you ask him, he'll say, look, the results last season just weren't good enough. Yeah. I'm still in the job. Thank God I'm still in the job. I'm really committed to this job. I know the players. I still think I've got the players, uh, but he needs to go and prove it. And if you ask Callum Davidson, I'm sure... He would, he would actually say what I've just put down there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've given us your title uh, predictions. Top scorer, John, is, is Kyogo the name that comes to mind for you? Um, well, Kenny likes the like of, look, look, likes the look of Tom Lawrence. Um, yeah, Kyogo, but Tom, is he, I mean, top scorer. I mean, if Kyogo plays the whole season, you would expect, what, I think 30, Kyogo, 30 goals? I think Kyogo be in and out. I think Jack and Marcus, I take 15 goals from each player now. You know, rather than risk and say, well, he need to come back with 30 goals. Henrik Larsson's come back with 40 and 50 regular, by the way. That's how good he was. But uh, no, I, I think you've got to be looking at your number nine, especially with the opportunities, the chances. He'll get three or four opportunities every game. Mm. But the quality of delivery coming into the and box. His, and his movement, yeah. And his movement, the barder coming into the back stick when Jota's coming in on that left-hand side. The fact that he arrives and gets in that back inside that back post... I think he had 10 goals from that area last mm. season. Both numbers, Jota and Nabada, were frightening. But I would probably say in the Celtic lineup, mm. you're expecting one of the two strikers to be top goal scorer, Kyogo or Giacomacchus. In the past, it would have been Miller or Hartson. Um, Kenny, for you, top goal scorer this season? I look at, I think, I mean, Morelos's goal return has been, been great over the years. He's going to not be fit at the start of the season, so straight away he's going to be missing games. I would say that about Alfredo and 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 Kyogo to be honest. If they stay fit, then I think they two would go at it. Cholak's yet to be. I think when you look at his record, it's no like big big numbers. No. It's steady mm-hmm. numbers. It's no been big big like twenties and twenty five. So I would say I think if, I mean I think Kyogo will probably play more more often than not. I can't see him getting rotated too much out of the team. No, like when I say no, he's no no going to get rotated. But he's if there's a fifty game season. I can see Kyogo will be starting and he's fit 30, 35 of these these games and if he does I think he would be based on the, the amount of goals he's scoring so it's a sort of space of time based on the level of chance that his teammates will be getting him I think he'll have get a wee head start on Alfredo Before we go uh, and I am throwing this one at you late on John uh, You're desperate <laughs> for the headline Bob aren't you? No, 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 no it's not it's go not on. actually one of those it's oh, actually right, okay. we're, we're about to go into the big weekend I'm right. just wondering if you look back on a really memorable opening day or opening weekend in your time at Celtic, and obviously it helps if you're uh, if you're take, taking you know if you if you're if you're going in as champions and and you've got all that about you and you're starting your defence. Yeah, I, I think ideally, obviously the the flag bearing on the Saturday on this this weekend is the Sunday, mm-hmm. of course. I think the fans will turn up in the numbers. They'll be excited. It's Aberdeen at home, and. Ange and the players will be looking to put a performance on that's exactly what you want to do you want to make the make the supporters it'll be a follow so it'll be absolutely rocking there half past four twenty past four Sunday afternoon um, Aberdeen good fixture they'll bring a good crowd down from, from up north so for me um, that's what it was always all about yeah. if you started the season at home 
you wanted to go and put a good performance on, win the game, and hopefully come through it with not not too many uh, difficulties in terms of injuries. Kenny, opening weekend memories? Any any special ones come back? I wouldn't say any real special. I mean, again, you're always in looking forward to it, you know. But when you've won the league of the season before mm. and you open up at home, it's and always the flag nice day and you and get the rest. flag day. And we had one, I think it was 2009-10. We playing Falkirk. We're getting the flag was going up. We won four one. I got a couple of goals in it. My big mate was in the Falkirk team as well, and he, he was trying. There weren't a couple, of, a couple of no bad goals as well. He was chasing me back for the the second one. But no, it's like it's the start of the season. You're fully optimism. You've got again when you're at Rangers, you're at Celtic. There's one thing on your mind. It's get off to a good start. You want to put a performance on, particularly on that day when the place is rocking. The fans are there. They're expectant, and it's the start of what's hopefully going to be another league winning season. So yeah, great day to be involved in in football. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, John. Cheers. That's been a quick uh, couple of hours and I think we're all excited about the opening weekend in the Premiership. Uh, more immediately, though, good luck to Motherwell. Uh, let's hope that one of Scotland's five European representatives can turn it around in Sligo. The show returns uh, tomorrow night. Paul and Mark and Simon Donnelly, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go, 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 go. Service your existing car with us right now And it's worth £500 off your next car Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December.